Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, and I'm excited to be on this midweek podcast and excited to have Angie Gallagher, Gallagher on today. Um, she is going. She is a functional health coach, and she's going to be talking about her journey of how she got into functional health coaching. Um, if you follow us um, on our social media, you do know we talk a lot about functional medicine, and it, it, it goes after the root cause rather than just treating symptoms. So she is going to be talking about her health coaching and her career history and some interesting surprises that happened to her <clears throat> Excuse me, when she decided to go into functional medicine coaching. As always, you can catch us. Um, actually, I should say as usual, you can catch us on um, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. We are not able to stream live on Facebook right now, so um, we have been we have been censored. You know how what I think about censorship, but um, we will um, share all these on our YouTube site and share them on Facebook. We can still do that. We just can't stream live. So um, keep tuning in. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you don't miss any episodes. Uh, um, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham and, and Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy YouTube site. So um, I am excited to welcome Angie to our show. Angie, welcome to our show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So before the show, we chat a little bit about your history and you have an interesting career history. Can you tell us a little bit about um, how you got into functional coaching and your career history? Absolutely. Um, so originally, I was a function. I was a um, exercise physiologist. I got my master's degree in clinical exercise physiology, and I started a cardiac rehab program. Actually, started two cardiac rehab programs, and I was at. I was working in cardiac rehab for about twenty five years total, and I started maybe ten years uh, into uh, or fifteen years into my career. I started seeing a troubling pattern where I was seeing too many people coming back through the program multiple times. I started like, oh, I saw this person before. Oh yeah, this guy was here five years ago. And, and pretty soon it was becoming more and more normal for people to come back through cardiac rehab after having a second heart attack, a second stent. Even I had a guy who had been on his fourth bypass surgery when he came back into the program. And I just, in, in the beginning, I thought, well, this is just normal. This is just how cardiovascular disease works. And cardiac rehab is just here to help people get back on their feet and recover once again and again. And it just started, it started kind of gnawing away at me that um, that this was happening. And I kept thinking, there's got to be something we're missing. And I was having patients, young patients, like in their late 40s, 50s, early 60s, who had normal blood pressure, normal cholesterol, they were normal weight, they weren't diabetic, they didn't smoke, they really essentially had no risk factors um, that were not well managed. And I, and they were coming back, they were having another heart attack, another stent. So I started looking into what things maybe we were missing. And I discovered that there was advanced lipid testing that was out there. And I, I actually sent an email to the director of cardiology and said, hey, I know that there's these advanced tests that we could be doing that really dive deeper into these different cholesterol levels instead of just getting this basic cholesterol, LDL, HDL. Um, and it gives us much more information about their, about their risk and what's going on. And um, I was told, well, it wouldn't matter if we ran those labs because they'd all get put on a statin anyway. So I just wasn't 
okay with that answer. So I found a local functional medicine doctor and I reached out to her and I just said, I feel like we're missing something. I feel like these patients are coming back with all these normal risk factors and they're having repeat cardiac events. What are we missing? And she said, you're exactly right. Um, there is a lot of stuff that is going on at the root level. There's these advanced lipid tests that you can get that identify fractionated levels of, of cholesterol that, that really break it down into um, small and large particle and all these different things that are important factors in a person's risk. And, and then all these other root cause factors. She talked to me about inflammation and she talked to me about food sensitivities and, um, you know, the, the connection with hormones and th that everything is connected. And it just blew my mind. And I knew I needed to learn more about this. Well, I am so glad you did. And on the topic of cholesterol, um, you know, being a pharmacist talking about statins, that's right at my wheelhouse. And I will tell you, um, you know, my wife and I, both pharmacists, we are two people that don't believe in statins. Uh, we would never take one personally. We would never recommend it to a patient. Um, there is so much more to the story than total cholesterol. Yes. Um, you know, so much more. In fact, I'm just not buying that cholesterol is 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 it um right you know it's so we're so black and white in traditional medicine it's like like myself for instance uh, my my cholesterol is like 201 to 210 right me too yep me too um my hdl is like 70 my triglycerides are like yeah, 65 yeah exactly right? yep right and so but if i went to a traditional cardiologist they would put me on a statin oh yeah you know, and yet my insulin level, and we can talk about that too, mm -hmm. um, you know, hyperinsulinemia, high insulin metabolic um, is probably more metabolically unhealthy than high cholesterol. Right. Exactly. It probably sets you up for a heart attack more than high cholesterol. Exactly. So, yeah. You know, and no one for, knows that. Nobody gets that. I mean, that's just. Right. It. Right. Right. And, and, and anyway, we can talk for hours <laughs> about know. the details of that, but yeah. I appreciate you saying that. And so what happened in this, when you started doing this stuff, how did buck in the traditional system? What actually happened to you? I was fired. I yeah. I started. Um, I started wellness coaching patients in a functional medicine way, and um, I was educating a client, a patient, about uh, uh, dietary interventions that could really change. His, I mean, it was it was the blood sugar thing. It was like your insulin levels and your blood sugar are probably more a risk than your cholesterol levels. Here's what we can do to really make a difference in your in your blood sugars and insulins. And um, <clears throat> the the dietitians didn't like what I was sharing, and they got pretty upset. And they talked to my manager and and. and there was another situation where I tried to to coach a, a patient and it just wasn't well received and I was fired. Wow. I wasn't going along with, you know, there is no diabetic association if there's no diabetics. Um, you know, so that, you know, I was, I was trying to help him actually reverse his diabetes and, and not have to be taking all the medications, but that just wasn't going over well with, with administration and with the dietitians that were more, um, allopathic trained. So, so let, let's talk about that. So, our basically what you're saying, Angie, is that our system, that our healthcare system, or our sick care system, I should say, <laughs> right? They really like to keep patients sick. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> it would seem that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I, I echo that. Now, you have a different model. You don't. You, when you coach patients, your goal is not to be their coach for the rest of their life, right? Absolutely. 
Tell yeah. us, tell me about that. Um, so I have a program that I run people through and it's, it's called transform your health, turn back time. And it's a group program. It's, it's a hybrid group one-on-one. So I do provide one-on-one coaching over the three months. There's a lot of group interaction. There's a Facebook group. And my goal is that the community supports each other and I provide education and I help people understand root cause. I do a lot of, I have a lot of um, pre-recorded education that they can watch and they can learn on their own. And then I do group sessions where we just talk about mindset and overcoming barriers. And over the three months, I'm not telling them what to eat. I'm not saying, okay, here's your points or your macros or your calories. I don't give them that. I say, you know, this is what your food should look like. It should be whole food, (laughs) be whole unprocessed food. And in these, you know, proportions, and here's the, you know, here's ways that you can meal prep and, and prepare those foods, but I'm not going to give you a specific list of things to eat because you need to be resourceful. You need to figure those things out so that when this program's done, you have learned how to intuitively eat. And you've learned how to listen to your body and know right. what feels good and what doesn't feel good. And uh, and it works. I mean, people are losing 20 pounds in six weeks. And then they continue to lose over the second six weeks of the program. And they they learn how to cook. They learn how to food prep. They learn that yeah. they learn how to trust themselves and they learn how to trust their body and know what feels good and doesn't feel good. It's it's pretty transformative. Well, and it's amazing talking about, I think you, you used the word real food or whole foods. I can't remember which one you used, but mm-hmm. um, oh. yeah, I like that term. Um, and basically what I tell patients is if it doesn't rot, don't eat it. And, and, you know, and, <laughs> right. and, and there's some truth to that. And I know for myself, I, I do track my calories every day mm-hmm. um, and it just keeps me on track. But I will tell you, I know when I've been bad and I know when I've been good. Right. And, you know, when you've been good, it's amazing how how satisfied you can be with how you ate and satiety satisfied and you know and you're not hungry and yet you've got calories left over for the day yeah you know but you eat real food and really i know we talk about tracking calories we talk about macros we talk about um you know we talk about those things but i like what you're saying better because if you eat real food and and you talked about portion control too but honestly if you eat real food you're not going to eat too much exactly I mean, seriously, I I dare, I dare people to say, okay, you know, for a snack, instead of eating a candy bar or granola bar, eat an apple. Yeah. And I dare you to eat more than one. Right. I mean, mean, seriously. Like you can, you know, most of my, most of my clients, like when they eat what I tell them to eat, they will say, I couldn't finish the plate. Right. Like I was too full to finish. I wasn't hungry all day until it was time for my next meal. And, you know, it, it's, it really is like, it's, it makes total sense, but then it's also so surprising for people when they, when they experience it and it is, it's whole right. foods and it's lots of vegetables and it's very filling. Or, I mean, or if you want to focus more on protein, I think protein is important. Oh, it is. Um, yeah. And I just dare somebody Eat more than one chicken breast. I can't. I'm a big eater. Exactly. And, and I can't. I mean, after one chicken breast, I am full. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, because it's just real food. It's satisfying. It's a lot of protein. Right. Um, you know, whereas when I eat junk food, we can just keep eating it. You can keep eating it. You can eat an entire bag of Doritos in Easy. one sitting. Easy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that's like so, the magic of it, I think, is just, yeah, what Whole Foods do. 
And if you think about how our bodies were made and what was given to us to eat, animals and and fruits and vegetables, um, when you think about us biologically speaking, you know, generations and years and years ago, evolutionarily speaking, you know, when we hunted or when we collected berries or picked vegetables, we didn't say, well, how much carbs is in this? We didn't count how the much, calories. <laughs> no, how many calories? How much protein? We, we didn't do that. That's, that's, we didn't uh, we yeah. think about it. It's kind of silly. Right. You know, I mean, if you just eat real food, it's not going to matter. It, it's kind of like, um, you know, when a, when a, when a, when a, when a, um, a lion is going to attack a gazelle, they're not sitting there going through calorie counts and thinking, <laughs> uh, let's see, well, right. how much protein is in this? How much right. carbs and fat? Right. Does that fit my macros for the day? Uh, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. So, and I'm not saying I'm not turning anybody away from not tracking macros or calories if that works for you, but I just sure, don't think it's always necessary. And I think too, once you get started on that, you know what, you know, you know, you kind of, you know, get you on the right track and you kind of know what to do. So, Right. And the other part of what, what I do with my program is um, because we do this, the first six weeks is really kind of an elimination and it's eliminating anything that could be inflammatory. And so it's not necessarily, I mean, some things we take out that people will bring back in and they're fine to eat later, but they may be inflammatory for those people. And everybody's got a different ecosystem to work with. So we take all the things out and then as they bring things back, they feel what their body feels like. And it may be that, you know, black beans don't work for one person. They might work great for someone else. And so it's also just learning about your own body and your own ecosystem and what works and what may be inflammatory for you. So tell us about the details of the elimination diet. There's there's all kinds of different eliminations diet. What all do you eliminate? So you are eating something. How do you go about that? Um, well, th- there's a little bit of the secret sauce um, that I'm not going to share the whole program. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just we take out um, a lot of. I mean, we we definitely take out grain um, just temporarily um, and some other some other major food groups just because they can have inflammatory. Um, effects for people. So it's a, you know, basically it's, it comes down to whole unprocessed proteins, vegetables, fruits, and, and just really looking at how to, you know, getting, getting familiar with what correct portion sizes look like and making sure you're getting the fruit. A lot of people think, oh, fruit's high in sugar. It'll, it'll, it'll jack my blood sugar up. But actually fruit is not doing that to people and people are losing lots of weight eating fruit twice a day. Absolutely. Now, I, I do think, and help me if I'm wrong, I do think, you know, if you are a diabetic, you need to be careful. You be careful. Food, right? Yeah. yeah. But I had right. a diabetic go through my program, type 2, and her blood sugars improved so much, her doctor said that he wanted to take her um, insulin pump out. So she was using an insulin pump for like 15 years and he said, wow. we don't need the pump anymore. Um, and she was following the, pro- the, the protocol exact with the four ounces of fruit. Twice wow. So, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and I mean, really, we shouldn't be surprised if it was made for us to eat. It's probably going to be okay. Right. All if the, the caveman pack- recognizes it, it's probably fine. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> now there is some argument those, you know, the, 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 the strict keto people and the total anti-carb people, which I'm not one of them. I mean, yeah. I'm, I think we're omnivores and if keto works for people, great. You got to find out a diet that works for you. I get that. Right. Yes. Um, you know, they, they say that fruit is bad and they say that, because we've, the way we've, um, you know, genetically um, engineered it over over the years to be really sweet and all that kind of stuff. But 
I still think that it's way better than processed foods. And for most people, oh, it's just sure. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's where it comes down to like, I don't believe in one size fits all diet approaches. Uh-uh. And that's what I like about what I teach is that it's, we do take out a lot of things in the beginning just to have an, an anti-inflammatory effect. And then as we bring things back, people feel what, what each thing feels like. And everybody's going to end up with a little different final result. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the way it should, yeah. That's the way it should be. Let's talk about your patient that was on an insulin pump, type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were talking a little bit before the show about this, but so explain what's happening in type 2 diabetes. Well, so with with type 2 diabetes, it's, um, you know, people think, oh, that, you know, they need more insulin. Their body's not able to make insulin. And, and that's that's actually a type 1 diabetes issue. Um, type 2 diabetes, they have, have lost their insulin sensitivity. So the cells are not responding to the insulin like they're supposed to. And so the body's kicking out more and more insulin, trying to get the, the, the glucose into the cells. And the cell's are not they're, they're, the insulin's not unlocking those cells like it's supposed to, and so you end up with high blood glucose and high insulin circulating through your blood because the 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 there it's not working. the The key is not unlocking the door to get the glucose into the cells, and so um, we're you're just going to end up with pe- people are going to end up having all of this. Um, these high glucose and high insulin levels circulating around and causing damage to the inside of their arteries that causes damage to the endothelial lining of the arteries. So that's where it's a big risk factor for cardiovascular disease. And so when you can get people, when you can um, reduce the, the glucose load and reduce the insulin load, then we end up seeing improved, just improved markers all the way around, less inflammation, better control. So now, now you're telling me decrease the insulin load but in traditional medicine, we give them more insulin. Does that exactly. make sense? It doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> no, yeah. like you said, it's like putting, it's like pouring gasoline on a house fire. It's just making yeah. everything worse. It does, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So, no. um, so tell us one of your most remarkable stories of a patient or, or client that you had that you, mm. you know, you changed their life. I'm sure you have a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, I've I've definitely seen a, a good number. Um, well, I so I have a couple. I guess the the woman who we, you know she went to see her doctor after going through my program. She lost twenty pounds. Um, she was also having quite a bit of back pain and having to go to a chiropractor every week and take pain medicines every day. And as a result of going through the program, the inflammation levels in her body dropped so much that she essentially stopped having back pain at all. Um, wow. And then then her blood sugars improved so much that her doctor said, we need to get your insulin pump out. So those are pretty huge, huge quality of life improvements for sure. Um, and and she, then and she lost 20 pounds. Yeah. Which when you think about that, that's not that much weight. I mean, and that's how life-changing that it, was for 20 yeah, pounds. It's dramatic. Yeah. yeah. It, can, it can be, I mean, even just losing five or 10 pounds can, can help improve blood pressure and blood blood sugar a lot of things so yeah it was pretty and she's been able to maintain it and you know and this awesome. woman i mean she is a rock star i mean she was doing all this with you know working full time being the the primary breadwinner in the household having a busy teenage daughter that was involved in a lot of different you know activities at school and she was constantly going and she had a million excuses to not be able to do the program and yet she did it and she did amazing so i always tell people that think that they're too busy. Like, no, you can do this. If you really want to, you can do this. Um, So she is a rock star and um, hats off to her for how hard she worked to to get those results. I had another patient when I was still working in cardiac rehab 
And he was a, he's an angina patient. He'd had, um, he'd had a heart, two heart attacks, I think, and a couple of stents. And he was still having baseline angina. He was really frustrated. He was really down. He was otherwise this very active, healthy guy with lots of interest and lots of things that he wanted to do in his life. He was in his 60s, is in his 60s. And um, he was just really down. He just, it, did, it took very little exercise and he would start to have chest pain. And, and so I worked with him and I, you know, I just said, what do you think if we try this protocol? Let's just try it for a month and see how you do. And so he was willing to go off, you know, he's willing to change his diet and do kind of a functional medicine approach. We really, you know, dove into reducing anything inflammatory in his diet. We, I had him work on sleep. I had him work on managing stress. And after a month of working with me in this sort of functional medicine way, his angina completely resolved. He, he literally like, and he, he'd increased his exercise capacity, like quadrupled it. Like he was able to work so much. I mean, he was going so much faster on elevation on the treadmill, on the elliptical, feeling great, doing things in his yard. He was able to do all these major landscaping projects in his yard, moving heavy cinder blocks. He felt like a man again. He felt like he could live his life again. And that was pretty exciting. And that's probably unbelievable for some people in the traditional healthcare system. Because right. It's almost, I mean, he had a cardiologist, right? Mm-hmm. What does yeah. cardiologist think about that? I mean, he was pretty impressed. He, you know, he took it, he was able to uh, reduce a couple of, he was able to get off of a medication and reduce another blood pressure medication. And yeah, I mean, I, the doctor was very impressed and he lost quite a bit of weight as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think they thought, great, this is awesome. They, I don't think that they really have the time to really dive into looking at why this worked for him and can we apply it to other people. I think they just thought, wow, way to go. You're a rock star. Um, but Well, I will say kudos to that cardiologist because I've seen cardiologists when people have changed you know, their numbers and everything's looking really good. And they call it, they're doing quackery and they're upset with them. Mm. And so... You know, good for that cardiologist. I've I've seen a patient that actually went off his statin and went got got his hormones balanced and his cholesterol numbers were better than they'd ever been. Nice. And the and the cardiologist is upset. You know, which in reality, if cholesterol is the big thing that they want to work on to prevent um, cardiovascular disease, then should the cardiologist shouldn't care as long as it gets better, right. right? They're too proud. They don't they don't want to be wrong. Yeah, yeah, that that sure could be it. So, so tell me a little bit about more about your program. Is it a six week program? Is it a you know how is that? You talk a little bit about the elimination over the first couple of weeks. Can you tell us a little bit about the program? It's a it's a three month program, and anyone that joins joins can can be a part of the Facebook community for life. I haven't made that a a, a paid membership at this point. So, um, a lot of people have finished the three months and they're still a part of the community. So it's kind of a life program in some regards. Um, But it's split into two phases. So the first phase is an elimination. We call it the release and people lose pretty considerable amounts of weight if they want to. It doesn't, it's not just a weight loss program. It works very well as weight loss program, but for people who don't want to lose weight, we could, I modify it for them so that they don't lose weight, but they get rid of a lot of inflammation. They can still improve, improve blood sugars um, and just improve general, general health. Um, so we eliminate for six weeks, release for six weeks, detox. And then the second six weeks is building upon that foundation of what they learned. So it's building on, okay, I actually did just fine on this 
this this elimination diet and I feel good and my energy levels are good and I lost weight and everything's great. So this doesn't have to just be a like flash in the pan, lose weight and then go back to my old. Like it's, this is, this is my way of life now. Although now I'm bringing back a few things here and there and seeing how my body feels on these different foods. So in my case, when I went through it, I didn't really need to lose weight, but I ended up losing 10 to 15 pounds anyway, because I was trying to follow it pretty closely. Um, But my energy levels increased, my inflammation dropped, my running injuries essentially went away. I felt great. And then when I started to bring things back, I learned, oh, I don't do well on garbanzo beans. And I don't, you know, feel good when I have this grain. So that's kind of where we learn how how the lifestyle part's going to work for us as individuals and what foods are going to feel good in our body and what foods don't feel good in our body. And then how do we take what we learned and just make it a lifestyle so that we feel good and have this, you know, reduced levels of inflammation and better skin and, and better, you know, movement in our body for life. And then we, I start teaching about exercise at that point too, in the second half, like how do you incorporate joyful movement? And we really focus a lot on, on getting good quality sleep and stress management and, you know, um, activating the vagal nerve and just, just, Really, I mean, I, and breathing, breath work. There's a lot of a lot of stuff in there. Well, that's what functional coaching is all about, right? It's not just about eating. I mean, you mentioned sleep, you mentioned exercise, you mentioned stress. I mean, all those things are important. And I just, I just have to reiterate. I say this all the time on our podcast, but um, of those things, um, the most important thing is sleep. Yeah. If we're not sleeping, nothing's going to get better. We will For die sure. with yeah. We will die without sleep before we die without food. That's the yeah. fact. Yeah. So sleep is more important than than food, and of course, we don't have to live. To, we don't have to exercise to live. It's, it's going to make us healthier, but yeah. it doesn't keep us alive. Um, so exercise is probably the least important, and that's why when yeah. people try to exercise their way out of a poor lifestyle, right. diet and sleep, good luck. It's exactly. not going to work. Right. It's going to work. So right, and that's one of the things that I think. I was an exercise physiologist. And so for many years, I thought exercise was the panacea. Like, oh, <laughs> right, right. you exercise hard enough, you're going to be fit and healthy and, you know, and you can, you know, exercise off that donut. And I have, functional medicine has taught me that exercise is the, the third most important. Sleep is first and nutrition is second and exercise is third. And so that's why people think, well, you know, aren't you an exercise physiologist? Why don't you have that as a bigger part of your program? Like, well, because I've learned it doesn't, we, you can't exercise your way out of poor sleep or a bad diet. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. <laughs> um, so what's your, what, what's your ultimate client, Angie? Oh gosh. Um, I would say someone, you know, a, a, Someone between the ages of like 40 and maybe 60, 70, um, who um, wants to improve their health, their energy. Um, Maybe they've been diagnosed with high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, Maybe they're pre-diabetic or diabetic. And they just really want to reverse those things. They want to try and get off some medication if they can. They want to just take back their health, their energy, their vitality, and, and not feel like everything's revolving around these diagnoses that they have. Yeah, that's awesome. So Angie, what do you have a passion for? 
Um, I'm super passionate about being about being in the woods. I think that um, there's, you know, we talk again about functional medicine, and I'm really passionate about natural light and getting out into different ecosystems, being out in the woods, being out in a um, grasslands, being at the coast, just exposing ourselves to these different ecosystems. I think there's a lot of healing um, to be had by being outdoors in natural spaces and. Um, trail running has been a huge part of my my health, physically and mentally and spiritually. And so I'm really passionate about people getting outside. I think it's so important. And I know we talk about it with the benefits of getting outside and getting sunlight with vitamin D, but mm-hmm. there are it's so much more than that. And, yes. and the benefits that we'll never know, you know, the actual science of, of what happens when we get outside and, right. you know, what, what neurotransmitters are stimulated and all that. We'll never know all that. Exactly. We just know that it's, it's good. It was created for us to be out there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and there, there are a lot of studies that look at, you know, the effects of just being out in the woods on depression and anxiety and, and just the different oh, yeah. microbes that, that we're inhaling can help our, our own microbiome. So yeah, pretty absolutely. amazing. So Angie, as we wrap this podcast up, if anybody has any questions, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, so my, if you want to share my, yeah, my Facebook um, page, people can um, private message me. Follow me on Facebook would be a great, a great way to start. Just follow me and um, and then comment on a post if something resonates, or just reach out to me through Messenger. And eventually, I'll have a, a working website. <laughs> Awesome. So, um, Angie, as we wrap up, what's what would you, if there's one thing that you could tell a patient or a person to to do to to start their journey into health, a functional medicine approach, what would that be? Hmm. The first thing I would say is to um, <clears throat> get outside multiple times a day and just get natural light and move your body and take some deep breaths. Just, you know, if you can get outside like morning break, lunch break, afternoon break, get natural light, do some deep breathing, move your body. That's a good one. That's that's a really good one. So um, that kind of winds up our podcast. And thank you, Angie. You yes, real, yeah, you've helped us realize our goal of educating and empowering individuals to take charge of their own health. So. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. So listeners and viewers, thank you for tuning in. Um, we will be back 1230 to 1.30 as always on, Mon- on our Monday podcast. Tune in. I'm not sure who we have on. Let me check who we have on Monday. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about free market healthcare. You don't want to miss out on that. Um, and we will be streaming live 1230 to 1.30 as always. Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 